Welcome to Property Unpacked, the podcast that unpacks the hot topics of property and explores how they affect you. I'm your host, Alice Stoltz. This week, we look at how long it takes for first-time buyers to save for what is often the greatest hurdle when it comes to purchasing property the all-important home deposit. Then, Harry and Tash, the Melbourne father-daughter duo from The Block, join us to chat about their time on the show. But before we get into this episode, we have an update on Australia's second biggest property market, with private inspections now once again permitted in Melbourne. Buyers, sellers and renters left in limbo amid the city's tough stage four lockdown were left relieved on the weekend when the Andrews government announced the inspection ban will be lifted as of Monday. Under the ease restrictions, Melbournians can inspect a property one-on-one with an agent for up to 15 minutes. They can also be joined by a housemate or partner and children under the more relaxed rules. Property photographers will also be able to get back to work and house hunters can travel more than five kilometres from their existing address to inspect a potential property. Agents say they were inundated with calls within hours of the announcement as those caught up by the restrictions look to make their move. They're now expecting a short-term boost to the market, which will be sure to bring you an update on in the coming weeks. This news is going to certainly be a relief for many in Metro Melbourne. The time taken for first home buyers to save a deposit has continued to rise across most Australian cities, despite the economic impact of the coronavirus pandemic putting downward pressure on property prices. It now takes the average first home buyer couple in Sydney six and a half years to save a 20% deposit for an entry-level house, with the time taken to save also rising in Melbourne, Brisbane, Canberra and Hobart, according to the latest Domain First Home Buyers Report. Here with us today to take us through the latest insights is Domain Senior Research Analyst, Dr. Nicola Powell. Nicola, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on again, Alice. So Nicola, this is really interesting information, but what are the key findings from this latest first home buyer report? So it is a little bit of a mixed picture for first home buyers across our capital cities. Uh, what we have found, the path to purchase has become a little bit shorter for entry-level houses in Perth and Darwin. And three cities saw a shorter savings journey time for entry-priced units in Brisbane, Perth and Darwin. But I have to say the majority of our capitals saw the journey to home ownership actually lengthen compared to this time last year. But I do think you know what we have seen, it, prices are weakening in recent months. And hopefully this will eventually translate into improved affordability for first-home buyers. It's a mixed outcome, isn't it? But look, before we go any further, Nick, I just want to clarify, this is the time it takes for a couple to save a deposit. So anyone looking to buy on their own or on an average income is facing twice the time frame just to get into an entry-level property. Is that right? That's absolutely correct. So we're focusing on a specific age group as well, so 25 to 34-year-olds, because that really captures the average age age of a first home buyer, but it is a dual income. It's based on the average wage in each of our capital cities. We're also taxing that income and we're assuming that that dual income, they're saving 20% of their post-tax income into an online savings account. But we also factor in those savings rates as well. And we are looking at entry prices. So we call that the 25th percentile, but basically all that means it's the more affordable end of the market, which is really in line with a first home buyer's budget. 
And Nicola, what is that entry level price in Sydney then? So the entry level price point for a house is 680000 for a house and for a unit it's 585000 Okay, and what about Melbourne? 600000 for an entry house and uh, just over 424000 for a unit. Mm. Now there's been a lot of discussion about property prices obviously falling in recent months. Why is it then that first home buyers in most cities now need to spend more time saving than they did this time last year? First home buyers are really competing against low wage growth and there are also weaker savings rates, which really are kind of going against first home buyers that are trying to save at the moment. But I think what we have seen across most of our capital cities is those entry level prices are higher this time compared to last year. All cities apart from Perth had a higher entry house price compared to last year. And for units, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, Hobart and Canberra unit prices are higher this year compared to last year. What we started to see though, and I suppose it is a bit of a silver lining for first-home buyers, is we're starting to see those entry prices weaken over the quarter. So hopefully that will eventually translate into some improved affordability. And I think this is particularly the case for Sydney and Melbourne, where we have seen those entry-level prices starting to weaken in the three months to July. Mm. Nicola, how has demand from first-home buyer been tracking in recent months? Now, first-home buyers really have become a more active buyer segment in the market. I think overall, we have seen buyer conditions improve for first-home buyers. I think they're taking advantage of those low interest rates. And obviously, there is reduced competition as well because we've seen investors retreat. We've got reduced foreign buyer interest. But there's been the extension as well of the federal government's first home loan deposit scheme. And there's many other state-based incentives out there that are really helping first-home buyers leap onto the property ladder. So I think for any uh, first home buyer out there, some of my advice would certainly be is to make sure that you're totally across all of those state-based incentives and apply for them early. See which ones you're actually eligible for. Mm. Obviously, there's a range of grants and exemptions available to first home buyers, the most recent of which is the federal government first home loan deposit scheme, which allows them to get into the market with as little as a 5% deposit. Now, I imagine that makes a big difference in the time taken to save for those who manage to get one of the limited spots, Nicola. It absolutely does, Alice. It makes such a marked difference. So for Sydney entry houses, what we were saying before for that 20%, it's six and a half years. With 5%, your savings journey for a couple is down to one year and seven months. In Melbourne, we've gone from six years down to one and a half years. For Brisbane, it's four and a half years down to one year and one month for a 5% deposit. And in some of our more affordable markets, it's as little as 11 months for Adelaide, 10 months for Perth, nine months for Darwin. So really does make a significant difference. Mm. Nicola, when it comes to houses and units, I'm interested to explore that a little bit because across half of the capitals, Sydney, Adelaide, Perth and Hobart, there's only a year's difference or less in the time taken to save for a unit versus a house. Do you think that in those markets we may see more first-time buyers looking to the housing market as opposed to units, given you get more bang for your buck and I suppose at the end of the day more square meterage? Yeah, I, absolutely. And I think we've kind of already seen that with first-time buyers being pushed to that suburban fringe particularly in our larger cities. I think for first-home buyers in the past, it's been about compromise. It's about, you know, what can you get for your money versus what's the distance from my home to the office. But I think, you know, the pandemic will change decisions for some who can actually work remotely. So what this could mean is an acceleration of first-home buyers into that out 
to suburban areas where, you know, those that can work from home will choose to live in either regional areas or the suburban fringe. Mm. How are you feeling the first home buyer market is going to sort of be impacted in Victoria or in Melbourne in particular with the very severe lockdown restrictions that the state has had to endure? I think, you know, we have seen a pullback in buyer activity, but what I am expecting as Melbourne comes out of his lockdown is, you know, we will have pent up demand and pent up supply. And I'm imagining it will come to the market pretty quickly because when we have a look at reactions of lockdowns around the globe, the more severe the lockdown, the quicker the rebound afterwards. So I think what we will see is first home buyers, those that have been really smart will be kind of looking at which incentives they're actually eligible for. And I think we'll be ready to go once the market opens up again. And so I think, you know, when we have a look at our other cities where we do see first home buyers active, I think we're likely to see a similar outcome for Melbourne. Mm. Well, hopefully they've used all those hours at home to kind of swat up on what the options are. <laughs> Absolutely. It's about doing your research. It's really looking looking at the government website, seeing what you're eligible for, applying for them, um, and just being ahead of, ahead of the game. Mm. Nicola, thank you so much for your time. It was really interesting. Thanks, Alice. So far, it's been a year of firsts on the block. It is the first time the show has had to stop production before completion, the first time contestants have had to draw inspiration from different decades in their renovations, and it's the first time in block history that a father-daughter duo have taken on the competition. And they join us now, Melbourne locals Harry and Tash, to talk about their time on the show. Harry, Tash, welcome. Hey, Alice. How are you? Really well, and I'm really looking forward to chatting with you both. I love watching your relationship evolve and unfurl on the block. I think you're a wonderful role model of parent and daughter working together and everybody being very patient with with one another. I find it quite inspiring, and I kind of pointed out to my own children about, look how lovely you can be to each other. It doesn't have to be (laughs) arguments all the time. (laughs) Uh, I look, I agree. 100% agree. But the parents are always right, right, Natasha? Oh, yeah, right. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, the question is, how did it come about, the idea to, to be a duo and to come as a package on the show? So I've always loved the show. I've always watched it. I've always thought I could do this. And I've always been very close with Natasha being my firstborn. And um, I, you know, just presented the idea to Natasha and she said she'd be willing to attempt this challenge and go on the block. So that's where it came from. And look, we're very similar in nature, so I thought our character would go well. And what about you, Tash? How did you feel when Harry approached you with this idea? Well, I mean, I've been watching the show for a really long time as well. So I suppose we just kind of had the same moment and we did look at applying over a couple of years and it just never quite lined up in terms of, you know, I had a particular job on and dad was the same. Like, and, you know, last year we both just decided to go for it and we got it. So the stars aligned on this year. (laughs) Now, Harry, Tash, are you both diehard property tragics or is property more of a hobby for you or has it always really run through your veins? Uh, for me, look, I, I've always loved property. We've renovated two properties before and I've always loved the idea of bringing in new products into a design. And I love the old era. I love the old facades. So this is block where we had to restore an old part of the home I, I thought was really up, up our alley. 
what my league. <laughs> How about you, Tash? Like, is your idea of fun like going through open homes on a weekend or looking at houses that are on the market or just dreaming about property? Like, is it that enmeshed in your life? Um, I wouldn't say it is, to be honest, like, because I haven't gone into the property market myself just yet. You know, I've always loved looking at interiors and I just love beautiful things and I love being creative. So it's definitely something that I think has grown for me just going through this experience of the block. Mm. It was an overwhelmingly massive project though, wasn't it? I remember very early on the size of your house and because it was quite different than the other homes. How did you come together with your overall vision for the house? Look, it was a difficult task to look at it and how can you change the rooms to bring a bit of modern flair to it? Because a lot of old homes, as as you're probably aware, are quite dark. So we looked at a lot of things such as introducing those skylights, just add a bit of modern touch to it, but try not to remove the character of the house. What about what about for you, Tash? How did you feel about approaching such a massive task? Uh, it was very daunting. I mean, I, as I said earlier, like I've never re- renovated myself before and then the whole era side of things, that was a lot more overwhelming than I actually expected it to be. I thought Google will be my friend and I'll be able to figure it out with a click of a button, but it it wasn't that easy. And, you know, it also took a little while for myself to learn what was so special about the house that we got. Dad kind of figured it out straight away, whereas it took me a little bit of time. And yeah, I think we've put together a really beautiful house. Now, guys, you're both watching the show from lockdown in Melbourne at the moment. How, how are you finding the current situation and, and what is it like being locked in your homes of all things? It's funny, actually, watching that episode back on Monday, um, you know, we've just gone into lockdown. I actually found it really hard to watch because we're still in lockdown here in Melbourne and that was in March and it just kind of hit home a little bit of how long we've actually been in this lockdown for and it's been hard. Like I miss seeing my family, I miss seeing my friends, like we aren't really in the 5K radius of a lot of people that we are really close with that we would normally see. So we're just kind of missing that extra human interaction with people, especially for us having come from the block. We were around hundreds of people every day to there now being, I live with my partner and, you know, we're living together and we've been fine, but it's just missing that extra human element and human interaction that we're just not getting here in Melbourne. And as well, like I miss our city. I miss, like I live in Richmond, we're in a really sort of built up sort of city area and the reason we live here is because of the cafe life and the restaurants and we're big into that and at the moment we just don't have any of that and it's it's kind of a little bit sad to see that our, our poor city is just put on hold. I think it's starting to get to us a little bit. <laughs> um, on that note, I know your agent, Marty Fox, is doing his best to survive lockdown as well. And his agency, White Fox, are known for their sort of very distinctly modern and fresh approach to selling houses. How are you finding them as agents to work with and how are you finding their sort of philosophy to how they sell a property? Uh, since they came on board, White Fox, they've been absolutely amazing. Like they were consistently in touch with us through the process on the show and when we first met Marty and Lana that day before they became our agents, dad and I just walked away and we were just like, we just love their energy and we just felt that these guys were the right agents for us. And you can just see it with their marketing and, and at the moment Marty's, you know, really pushing to try and get real estate sort of back underway. And it, I think that's just a good example of how much they love what they do and how much they believe in what they do. And I just think that we can really trust 
that we've got this amazing team behind us who are supporting us every step of the way and they have supported us every step of the way and they're still doing it. Yeah, I think they seem like such a great fit for you guys. Harry, what about for you? You've obviously bought and sold property before and White Fox is sort of very non-conventional in that regard. How have you experienced them as an agency compared to a more traditional agency that you might have dealt with in the past? From the experience I've had with real estate agents in the past, uh, they're quite refreshing. Natasha and I said out of all the five that were there, look, they're all great agents. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not. We just clicked. There was this energy that, that, that I felt with, with Marty and Lana that, that I thought we, we both really gelled together. And, and I think as an agent and, and a, a client, if you, if you got a bond, it, the sale process is so much more smoother. And I think that's what's happened here. We, we, we get along so, so well. It's been great. Now, just finally, guys, before I let you go, how are you both feeling about marketing the properties as we will hopefully be coming out of lockdown at that point um, in a much more unknown and uncertain property market than what Melbourne ever has been in? Yeah, it's look, it's it's a bit scary because we don't know how it is going to go. I mean, you know, we've had lockdowns all year and, and you know, the property markets sort of still trip through and stuff. But I think this is one of the reasons that we feel really lucky to have White Fox is that the way that they've sort of been running their marketing and, and have been able to be stable through the market during lockdown, it's been pretty amazing. Like they've adapted really well to the virtual opens and they've actually been selling properties in this current lockdown. So I think as nervous as we are, we also feel like we're in the absolute best hands that we could possibly be in in this situation. With the last meeting we had, they did tell us is they've got interest in, it, in the properties already, which gives us that confidence. They, they believe they'll sell them and then hopefully we get a nice little surprise at the end of that. Mm. Well, fingers crossed, guys. So good luck finishing off lockdown and we're loving the Blockers Entertainment to get Melbourne in particular through this period. I think can think of no better sort of solace than um, sitting down and watching you guys and it, it's a really lovely storyline that we have this incredible, you know, representation of Melbourne of a father and daughter team and um, you're doing incredible work so we can't wait to watch how it all pans out. So all the very best and thank you very much, Harry and Tash. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, Alice. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us. If you've got a property story you'd like to share with us or a question we could help answer, drop us a note at propertyunpacked@domain.com.au. We always love to hear from you. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to Property Unpacked, a podcast by Domain. If you like what you've heard, hit subscribe and look out for further episodes dropping every Thursday. This episode was produced by Adrian Lowe, Kate Burke and Daniel Giannopoulos. It was edited and mixed by Dan McHugh. For more property news, advice and market insights, head to domain.com.au.